ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. Welcome into the Monday, September 30th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We're here live at the Union Pub and Grill, where we're at every Monday. And, of course, if you can't make it to the Union Pub and Grill, you can join us by calling the Miller Lite phone lines, 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Hey, we got a crowd here today at the Union Pub and Grill. Uh, yes, Dave, I'm looking at you. You're the crowd. Oh, I was looking up there. You're, the looking, crowd. you're looking, <laughs> I'm looking at that crowd. I, I look at you. You're looking away. No. Oh, by the way, Dave Walsh here, uh-huh. former young Thundering her quarterback uh-huh. into uh, we have a special yeah. guest co-host. You want to be like you you want to what's your name, young man, and where are you coming from? Uh oh. Spencer Dupuy, um, student broadcaster at WMUL. Spencer, welcome. Is this your first time on radio? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I was on yesterday. Now what do you do at WMUL? I am an award-winning sportscaster. An award-winning sportscaster. Yep. Yeah, award-winning sportscaster. Yesterday got the uh well, Friday and Sunday was able to call both of Ari Agnes's first home, first two home wins and first two conference wins for the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Great crowd. That's something that I that I've never seen at a herd volleyball event was nearly 800 people both games. She's exciting to follow. She's got a lot of energy. I think that the, her energy is bringing that. So Spencer's going to be with us on the program as well. Of course, uh, Spencer is a student at Marshall University, but he also is part of that sports team at WMUL. Covers the Thundering Herd for the campus radio station. So he's going to be with us this afternoon as well. Dave, uh, we had to young it up a little bit on the program. <laughs> you were still t- in shock after what happened on Saturday night. Believe me, there's a lot of people in shock. After Saturday night. Are you in shock over Marshall getting beat 52-14? Yes. The margin, yes. Getting beat, no. And after the first series, I'm thinking you had two weeks to prepare. What did you do? Because that first drive, I have never seen a team go 61 yards so easily as Cincinnati did. And the rest of the night, for that matter. But that first series, that was a tone setter on the wrong side of the coin. Put almost 33,000 in the house. But they a lot of them left in a hurry. Yeah. I think when it got to 28 nothing is when the fans left. And... <laughs> That was 13th largest crowd, if I'm correct. 13th largest crowd at Joan C. Edwards Stadium. Huge turnout. It's still not a sellout, as was pointed out earlier today on statewide radio. I was listening a little bit to uh, Hoppy Kirchwell's program, which we carry right here, and uh, he brought out the point that, hey, you should still sell that game out, even though it was a huge crowd. You expect more. I don't know. I don't know if you can get any more right now. It's um, it's tough to get a full house anywhere in college athletics, let alone Marshall. I think that's maybe not necessarily a fair assessment. I thought that was a great crowd, Spencer. You, uh, you've covered some games now, and uh, is that the largest crowd you've seen, or at least one of them, right? Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate enough to be, it was my freshman year, a fan for that Louisville game. That was an amazing atmosphere, but it was a pretty big crowd. I noticed it was the upper sections that really weren't filled in. Most of the bottom bowl and everything was filled in and a lot of herd alumni like football alumni were there too big game unfortunately not the way the thundering herd would have liked to have seen it now we've got to talk about that game yes. those guys are moving on they're already looking at us like why are you bringing that game up yeah that's history uh we're going to talk to those guys a little bit later on we've got um, some of their reaction to the game itself because today's when the players grade the film and spencer you were with me earlier today 
those guys were pretty honest with themselves. They weren't sugarcoating at all. I mean, there were some that were going, you know, we were better than maybe the score indicates, but they were still taking the blame that, look, we, we did not do what we needed to do. Yeah, and obviously that's it's something you're going to hear from them, but also you heard the, the sediment for most of them, you know, we still have all of Conference USA in front of us. So, yeah, they, they didn't have – there was a poor performance on Saturday, but a lot of them said they watched the rest of that film and they put it in the back of their head. They're gone with it. Speaking of Conference USA, we've got a full slate of games just about to talk about that's upcoming, but we've got a – really, you look at the Conference USA, what happened over the weekend, and the picture is already getting painted a little bit that – Maybe Western Kentucky is either fortunate schedule-wise because you look up and there they are. They're 2-0 in conference. And you look at Louisiana Tech, also 2-0. Now, North Texas has only had one conference game, so it's a little early. But here's Western Kentucky all of a sudden, 2-0. They've got an early lead. They're the East Division leader right now. Everybody's chasing them. I mean, we had them written off or semi-written off, and now they're – leading their division, and then when you read some of the stats that did it, uh, defense, UAB, the kingpin from last year, went to Western, did not turn out well. Did not turn out well for the uh, Blazers when they went to Western. They just had ran to a red-hot defense, and that got them, and they got enough points on the offense to get out of there with a W, and, and everybody's chasing them. Florida Atlanta gets the win over Charlotte in conference, 45-27. Louisiana Tech has to go to overtime to beat Rice, 23-20. Southern Miss, they beat UTEP 31-13. Of course, I mentioned Western Kentucky with the win over UAB 20-13. But then we get out of conference, and <laughs> you look at Middle Tennessee, Thundering Herd's next opponent, Spencer. Iowa, 14th ranked, beats them 48-3. So we were throwing that film out as well because I don't know what we're going to gauge from that trying to learn about Middle Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, that's something you can't do. Obviously, talked about it with Cincinnati for the Ohio State game. Throw that one out the window. There's nothing that you could do there. Didn't even score a touchdown. To be honest, Middle Tennessee can look at the Cincinnati film, and I don't know if they can gauge what they can do to Marshall the way Cincinnati, because it's it's apples and oranges yes. here. You're going to a lesser opponent. It's a conference opponent, so they're going to be focused. I'm not disparaging them, but Cincinnati is on a higher level right now than Middle Tennessee. So you got to throw some film out here and just – Go back to basic football, it feels like. And then East Carolina beats your boys, Dave, 24-21. They made a run at the end, but East Carolina held them off. They did make a run at them, but East Carolina held them off. And uh, another L at their newly looked uh, new look stadium down there. And then Holgerson's hair gets the victory over North Texas, uh, 46-25. to I was hoping that North Texas could win that one, guys. I really we thought somebody to save face for the conference and uh, the three and zero the other way. Maybe the two guys at uh, at uh, Houston should have left sooner because their quarterback and receiver both decided to take a red shirt and they go up and score forty uh, six points the, the minute they leave. Makes me wonder should they have gone sooner. So now we've got one game out of conference coming up, and that is Massachusetts at FIU. That's going to be on ESPN three. The conference games, including Marshall at Middle Tennessee, you got Western Kentucky at Old Dominion, Rice is at UAB, and UTSA is at UTEP. So those are your upcoming games for this weekend. And really, you circle Marshall at Middle Tennessee. That's probably the signature game of the group. But all of a sudden, you look at Western Kentucky. Yeah, Old Dominion, maybe record-wise, not as attractive. But Western Kentucky, 
they're the team that if they can win this all of a sudden, they're 3-0. and 3-0. and Come catch me if you can. Come catch me if you can. Now, remember last year when Marshall played Middle Tennessee, that game cost Marshall East Division Championship. That was right off the bat. This is the game that you circle because it's supposed to be a big game, and it was, and it cost Marshall. Marshall had a good run afterwards, but too late. You lost this game, and Middle Tennessee, well, this game cost them. This game cost the herd. Yeah, and if you're Marshall, you, you think about that game, and you didn't have Isaiah Green, and you didn't have Alex Millett, just players that are key to this team this year. Alex Millett had just torn his – or had hurt his knee the week before. So this year having Isaiah Green could be a different story as you had Alex Thompson playing his first career start. That's a question that came up, by the way. I'm glad you brought it up. We didn't see Alex on Saturday. That was a question. Why didn't you see Alex on Saturday? I do not know, but I'm sure they'll find out tomorrow. If they didn't alleviate today, where's number six? Did he just he just say, heck with this? If I'm, you're not going to put me in tonight, you're not going to put me in? It's a good I'll question. On academics. It's a good question. I mean, I don't know what the reasoning would be. It could be that Doc felt that this is not Isaiah Green's fault. Whatever happened here, I'm not putting it on the shoulders of my quarterback. Yeah, right. So if I yank him, you know, I don't think it's going to get fixed. I'm going to keep him in, get some experience. I mean, he could be going that way. We don't know what he was going. But that was a question. People thought, okay, make a quarterback change, make a quarterback change. And, Dave, as a former quarterback, do you make a quarterback change? I would have considered it just for nothing else, just to find some kind of spark, maybe one or two series or something, just to change up the look a little bit. Because uh, at that point, with no change, Cincinnati had it figured out. One-on-one the receivers, load the box up a little bit, make life tough on the running backs, make it uh, a little semi-confusing for Mr. Green back there. And uh, whatever they drew up for two weeks, it worked. I mean, that was a well-executed game plan. And I'm just wondering, did they steal anything from Boise when they watched that tape? Or will future opponents steal something that Cincinnati did? Because I have never seen guys wander down the middle of the field wide open time after time after time. The other team just went down the middle, got the lights on. I'm wide open, throwing the ball. And then you see the Marshall guys look at each other like, what's going on here? That's too late. That's too late. Well, we're going to find out what they thought, (laughs) at least several players thought about the game film. Because now they've seen it. They lived it. Now they've seen Seen it. it. Tomorrow we'll know a little bit more about Middle Tennessee because they'll have at least started study of them. But today the focus is on the Cincinnati film itself. We will hear from guys including Isaiah Green. We'll hear from Alex Millette, Marquise Couch. We'll get their thoughts on what they saw when they sat down, looked at it, graded it out. When we continue with today's edition of The Drive, we are presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We're here today at the Union Pub and Grill. Every Monday, you can come down and enjoy $2 call shots, $1.50 domestic bottles. Every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill, Paul Swan's with you. Dave Walsh, former young Thundering Herd quarterback. We've got from WMUL-FM. I'm not saying the slogan. I like how you dropped it, though. Well done. Spencer <laughs> Dupuis, he is um, pimping the radio station well. You got to. I like it. No, you're learning. You're good. Dr. Bailey will be proud of you. 
Uh, we're having some fun here on Monday, but uh, we've got to talk about this Marshall game. So let's get your phone calls in at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Andre is up from Huntington. Go ahead. You're on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Still calling. Still calling. How are you doing? I'm good. Right. Yeah, uh, I, I just wanted to give my perspective on uh, the quarterback play and uh, a little bit of the defense. Well, some, you know, you guys were responding on why uh, you didn't think he would make that change. The game's an important game. Any game's important, but it's not a conference game. So I, I would have saw the fact to pull Isaiah for his confidence purposes, considering, you know, when you start off a season, you're going to you decide to go with the quarterback, Isaiah Green. So if he's not just astronomically just – just in disruption, you know, I don't see a need to pull him. And then what would that do if it back, you know, backfires? You know, it just it just erases confidence from Isaiah leading on to conference play. Then again, you guys responded on uh, the tight end, like the field being wide open. I thought that, even listening to Doc talk, I thought that we made a commitment on stopping the run, which – that you know, they trump that by us. When you when you decide to stop the run, you're going to pull your linebackers in. You're going to you know you're going to try to sneak them up. So that's the that's the reasoning why the field was wide open. And then you know again, our our problem is the matchup problems when we go up against a six five tight end. You know, and we have a wheel backer trying to cover a great athletic, you know, two hundred thirty pound tight end, which. If, it broke us ba- our back against Boise. We had a chance to, you know, make a good little run against Boise, but the tight end play again, it just it, it hurts us across the middle. So again, those two teams, that's our that's our weakness when it comes to the matchup problems when it comes to a big tight end. So that's the kind of pers- that's my perspective on what's going on these those two losses. All right, Andre. Thanks for the phone call. What do you think, Dave? I think we'll see more down the middle, somebody going down the middle. I'm sure Middle Tennessee's tight ends are not what Cincinnati had, but I saw some wide outs equally as well open down the middle, and I saw just a very simple out route twice for touchdowns, and I'm going like, this, Cincinnati's scoring too easy. They scored one touchdown, a guy went down, turned outside, and caught the ball and handed it to the ref, and I'm thinking, he wasn't challenged at all. And I'm thinking, at least challenge the guy a little bit. I'm sure their receivers are going like, this is great, man. There's nobody on him bumping us or anything. We just run, cut, and we're open. Throw us. The, and, you know, the coaches upstairs see that. We're going to run it till we stop it. And you stop it, we'll go to something else. And they didn't stop it. Isaiah Green. Had a chance to talk to him earlier today, Dave. And, uh, okay. Wanted to get his thoughts. He's seen the film now. He lived it. <laughs> played in that game. He's now seen the film. So, my first question to him was basically, and didn't want to dredge it up because I want to get past this with yeah. him, but what did he see on film? Here's what Isaiah said. You know, I feel like we had opportunities to make plays, and we, we didn't make those plays. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't execute nearly enough as we needed to to win that game. So execution. He says it's execution. So my only concern when I hear execution you're four weeks into the season plus preseason training camp. That's about nine weeks. When does that not work? When does execution not work? You've been running those routes since day one. You've got to go out and execute, execute, or we'll find somebody that will. 
And I did not know, I'll be honest, I did not know that Alex wasn't there. I was in the minority. I did not see number six, but until now I didn't know number six was not there. I'm with you too. I, I mean, I was on the sidelines for that game, but I didn't even realize that. It just didn't occur to me in my head because Isaiah. It's, it's yours all the way, buddy. Alex is gone, and I don't think they're going to put a freshman in. Grant Wells, I don't think they're going to throw him in there at that situation. So, Isaiah, from start to finish. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. And we go back to the phones. Todd is up next. Go ahead. You're on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Hey, Paul. I was going to give you my take on uh, the game Saturday. And I wanted to get Dave to chime in on this. Um, You know, the number one thing your quarterback's got to be the leader. And – I don't know this young man off the field, but I know on the field with his body language, even when things are going good, I just don't see the inspiring block. There's a time when you got to bring the huddle together. You got to take charge of it. Things are going south. You got to look guys in the eyes. And when they look at you, they got to have confidence. It might be a clap of the hands, it might be patting somebody on the back. But uh, but a quarterback's got to be a leader. I'd be interested in what Dave has to say about that. I agree that the quarterback does have to be a leader, and I'm not so sure sometimes that Isaiah does that. Each guy has his own way of doing things. Uh, Isaiah may be uh, a pat here, a pat there. I don't know if he may get in the huddle. At, Friday, at Saturday night, it looked like 11 guys in the huddle there briefly. It was like nobody knew what was going on at times. I mean, he could have said anything they wanted. I'm not sure it would have resonated with those guys. It was just they were in shell shock from the opening snap. That's one you just put on a, a, a bad Saturday, and let's go to Murfreesboro and see if we can turn it around. And on the other half, let's see what Cincinnati does when UCF comes to town. But that's a bad day. It's over. Move on to middle. But Isaiah's got to – when things are darkest, he's got to step up and pull them in the huddle and say, hey, guys, it's not going well. Yeah. I'm going to take the snap, and we're going to take the ball, and we're going to score but not in the fourth quarter yeah. from the beginning of the game all the way through the game, not just the fourth quarter on that reverse when middle, not middle, but Cincinnati basically had your thirds and fourth or whoever came with them on the trip on the field at that point. Yeah, I'll tell you another thing. It looks like we X and O real well offensively. It looks like we have a game plan for the first series of every game. Um, and then after that, it gets a little shaky. Um, I tell you, if we'd have hit, you know, first down the other day, our first play from scrimmage, we had a guy wide open. And if we hit that, I know uh, I know we're playing a really good team, a team that, you know, uh, but if we hit that, maybe we slow it down a little bit. Maybe we get something going. That's just Did like you guys see that play? I remember that, but I also remember Cincinnati's opening kickoff. Brought it back to the 40. They yep. had a couple of big pass plays. A touchdown. And by that, at that point, the 32,000 in the house were very quiet. Just what you want to do as a road team. And they kept them quiet for the most part. Now, if their guy catches yeah, the ball, and then on the next you know, one-on-one, then we're even. Then we're even. But he didn't. That gave Cincinnati the upper hand, and they never let go. I would love to talk to Luke after the game, but I read some of the things he said. Uh, we had not played well. They had, you know, they had the worst red zone offense in the nation going into that game, and they went eight for eight the other night. That's hard to believe. They play. had the worst red zone. They went eight for eight. And I, was, I was stunned. I was stunned. So yeah. 
you know, if I'm if I'm Marshall right now, I'm a, I'm a player going like, I don't like Cincinnati getting healthy on my part. Pity, middle, what's going to happen Saturday. That would be my attitude. I would take it to Murfreesboro, yeah. pity, middle. Absolutely. We'll see if that's well what said, t- if that's the attitude that takes itself. Well, you hope yeah, the same time, though, that's up. Yeah, yeah, you hope the same time, though, that they take this film, they, they learn, they realize, okay, this was not a good day. Let's not define the season. Let this not define the season. And um, it seems like they're, they've got short memories. I know fans have longer memories than players, but they've got to move on. They cannot keep thinking about this much longer. I know we can, though. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the beauty of this show. We can talk about it all day long. They, on the other hand, uh, they've got to move on. And uh, I'm sure they're looking at me like, why are you talking to me about this game? We're, we're, it's Middle Tennessee week. Well, hey, Cincinnati had a short memory. They forgot Ohio State awful quick, and they moved on. We yeah, they sure thing. did. They sure did. Hey, man, thanks for calling. Appreciate you checking in. Appreciate you guys. Uh-huh. All right, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. So, player interviews, uh, you heard from Isaiah Green. Uh, Alex Millette, what did he see? He reacts to what he saw in the Cincinnati film. I saw a great team that we went in there and played. They were more prepared than us, and uh, we just uh, – it's something to learn from learn from but uh i mean that was i mean cincinnati's a good football team you know that the um i would like the score to be better than it was but i mean it is what it is games in the past so there's a lot of things we can learn from on that film and uh i think it's a new week so it's what we should focus on alex Millette reacting to what he saw on the cincinnati film and spencer uh while we were on the phones, uh, you wanted to double-check something, so um, you do have a status update on the quarterback situation. Alex Thompson was at the game. It just appeared that Doc didn't want to go away from Isaiah. So he was there. He was on the sidelines. So I, I guess I just didn't notice anything different, and then it was brought up, and I was th- second-guessing myself. <laughs> we got it right, though. You, um, you checked it. So uh, I thought he was there, too, but I, I didn't want to comment until we were sure. I thought I saw him there, double check because I forgot about him. He wasn't there. Yeah. It felt like he felt. It felt like it was Isaiah, and he wasn't anywhere to be found. He, he was, was there. Around nobody was like, where is he? Eight seven seven four two zero talk. Eight seven seven four two zero eight two five five. Let's go back to the phones. We got Mark checking in from Huntington. Go ahead. You're on ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty. Hey guys, I wanted to chime in like everybody else, just uh, to voice my concern. Quite frankly. Um, we, you know, we've played some, some good teams at home. We played, uh, Louisville at home, which we've been trying to get these teams to come in. We played Cincinnati at home. We played Purdue at home, who ended up being like three and nine, uh, and we barely beat them. Uh, but when you look at these teams coming in that we're playing, everybody on their team is bigger than we are. Their linemen's bigger. Their linebackers are bigger. Their quarterback's bigger. Their running back's bigger. Their safeties are bigger. Their cornerbacks are bigger. And, and some of these teams that we're bringing in here to play, that's not the, the name teams and the power five, they still got athletes bigger than we are. And, I, you know, I think that's part of it. We don't recruit, or maybe we just can't – I can't say we can't get them because we've had some teams come in here that uh, that are comparable to us that have these big players. But I, I don't. I just don't get it. And I know you said we got to – 
we got to put on and, and move to the next game. I just heard the, the player comment said that we weren't prepared. How can you not be prepared? You had two weeks. This is probably the biggest home game on our schedule because we're playing somebody and we had a, a chance to make an impact. You went out to Boise and you shut a high-powered Boise offense down. You didn't need any motivation to come into the rest of the season. And then we give up 30 points to uh, Ohio. And fortunately, they missed a field goal and an extra point, or we may not have even beat them. They're all valid points. I mean, the Ohio game was a, a struggle. I don't expect anything different than what I saw for Ohio, though. I mean, that, that's the Ohio game. That means something to both these schools, even though the players were, no, we don't know much about this game. Yeah, they knew enough about that game. So I'll expect a close I, I, game I there. I don't, and, buy, I, don't, I don't buy that. I mean, every game's that? important. No, no, absolutely not. You can't say that Cincinnati's not more important than Ohio. No, nobody I'm saying Ohio's a rivalry nobody game. Nobody anticipates – that's not a rivalry game. Nobody anticipates <laughs> Ohio to contend for the BCS spot in the, in, the, in the playoffs. Cincinnati has an opportunity because of UCF. One of the those, – those, that winner of the American Conference has an opportunity. The, the, the winner of Conference USA has to go undefeated. Boise basically has to go undefeated. You know, that, that's, that's the realm that we're looking at. A, high, the, a max school going in other than a couple years ago when Illinois, Northern Illinois ran the table, you know, you don't get a chance. So you have to, you have to keep your slate squeaky clean, which, you know, we, 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 we lost against the Boise. So that, was, that almost negated our opportunities unless we played well the rest of the year. But to go out and lay an egg like we did this weekend, I'm, I'm, I'm shell-shocked. I didn't anticipate that. I really thought we were going to beat them. I think a lot of people thought that it would be competitive. I mean, the spread was what three and a half. Four and a half. Yeah, that was like less than a touchdown. Yeah, and no, I'm I'm with you as well. I was shocked that that score happened. Uh, I will say this though, uh, even though they don't play on a yearly basis, I, I do think Ohio's a rivalry game. They were acting like it was a rivalry game when they ran out on the field and got that bell. So I will disagree I think, with you I there. I think on. we in the media build it up as a robbery game. I mean, if it would, and I get it, we played them multiple times, but most of these kids aren't that familiar with that. That's playing on the team now because they're not in our conference. Our robbery game, quite frankly, is like Western Kentucky. That's our robbery game because we don't like them and they don't like us. I think every game in Conference USA could be a rivalry game. I mean, I don't like Florida Atlantic. I don't like uh, <laughs> FIU. I don't like yeah, Western I'm, Kentucky. I'm with you. <laughs> I don't like. You. I mean, okay, I'm all right with Charlotte and Old Dominion. I mean, I don't like. I don't like most of these teams. So, I mean, that might be the new definition. If I don't like you, you're the rival this week. Yeah, I, I like Ohio, so maybe I, they're I not a rival. I I just like to see us get some some bigger uh, young men in here, some some guys in here that we don't have to kick off the team because they're doing extracurricular things off the field that are is putting a black eye and a, and and a. Uh, a bad image on Marshall University. I mean, if we're recruiting those kind of guys, we don't need them. And when they when it happens the first time, we can't just push things underneath the rug and and give them multiple opportunities to correct themselves. I understand we all need a second chance, but you know it, it, the severity of some of the things that occur, it should be one and done. We need we need some quality kids in here, and we need some kids that. Uh, uh, obviously, by looking at the size of Purdue and, and Louisville and North Carolina and uh, 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 and Cincinnati, we need some kids with some bigger size. We went down there two years ago and waxed them at their home field. 
How does that happen? They get a new coach who comes in from Ohio State who's used to recruiting some other big kids. He brings in kids. They come in here. It looks like a college team playing a high school team. I'm going to have to let you hold that last word. we got to hit the break. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the phone call. Right, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Gentlemen, it's, uh, it's intense today. Yes. See what happens Very when intense. they go down the way they did? The phones, light, they, lit up, they lit up Saturday night. Well, they we're, were going Saturday night, and they haven't let up today. We're going to make more room for your phone calls. Again, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're coming to you today from the Union Pub and Grill, where we're here every Monday to... Talk sports with you. That's right. You can join us every Monday. We've got $2 call shots, $1.50 domestic bottles every Monday. Monday night football coming up tonight. It's going to be the winless Bengals against the winless Steelers. That's, you know where I'm rooting. Yes. I'm surprised you're not there. What's in Pittsburgh? So What's more important, Dave? Yes, you or me watching a game in Pittsburgh? Winless on winless. Something's going to give to, unless it ends in a tie. Dave, you're unless more important. Unless it ends than. in a tie. <laughs> hey, Spencer Dupuis with us. He is, of course, uh, from MUL, WMUL, 88.1 FM, the Marshall University Student Station, a future intern of mine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got to get that on the books first. Auditioning first, right? You're auditioning for the job. I guess so. I got you. Um, trust me, uh, Gabriel back in the studio already has a wish list of things he wants me to have you do for him. So just, I'm not surprised. Just be prepared. Um, we're taking your phone calls, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We'll get your phone calls in, but I also I've got some interview uh, audio from earlier this afternoon, and uh, I want to hear from Brendan Knox. We didn't hear much from Brendan Knox in the game. I want to hear from Brendan Knox. What was the takeaway in that game? Uh, takeaway, you know, it's a good team, you know, good team, one of the better teams, you know, we've placed, you know, this year so far. And, um, you know, it's just a growing point. Uh, you know, I'm looking at it as. So he's taking this game as I'm learning from it. It wasn't a good game. We're going to grow from it. That's standard procedure. Yeah. And about uh, 5.30 on Friday, all could be right with the world if they go to middle and get the job done. This will be forgotten if they don't stub their toe. And I'm sure that's, that's what that's up and foremost on their mind right now. When we get to Murfreesboro, do not stub your toe again. Our wiggle room is gone. Also had a chance to catch up with Marquise Couch, and he looked at the film, and he actually just pointed out the mistakes he saw. Um, we just what well, we messed up on. We just didn't execute the plays well enough. How we came out starting slow, but um, we had the right game plan. Just the execution level wasn't high this game. Let's hear that again. Play that one more time for me, Gabriel. Um, we just what well, we messed up on. We just didn't execute the plays well enough. How we came out starting slow, but um, we had the right game plan. Just the execution level wasn't high this game. So execution wasn't there. The game plan was there. That's what they maintained. That's what they worked on for two weeks. But after the opening drive and some throws down the middle, it, made, it put a little bit of doubt in my mind as what, like, just what are we seeing here? I thought what we are we seeing? We talked about this on Saturday. I'm going to say it again. I thought the X's and O's were there for Cincinnati, and I thought that Cincinnati just had the bigger, better athletes that night. And also you got to point out on Saturday night, 
Nazi Johnson was one of them that said it. Communication. That's what lacked. The, her defense lacked a lot of communication. And that's where you're going to go wrong. I mean, he threw up his hands, uh, if I think it was the first quarter, when somebody called a touchdown pass. And I, looking at it initially, I thought he was trying to get a penalty called. And then looking at it again, it, there was a missed coverage there. Yeah, a lot of mistakes on that field. And so I had a follow-up question to Marquise Couch, and I asked him, how do you fix those mistakes? Um, you look at the mistakes that we went through and um, everything that we should have done, should have done right, and we go back and go to preparation this week, and we do everything right and just focus on the little things. So it's back to basics for the yeah. team? Back to basics. And the one good thing for middle, Mr. Stock still is not there. He has got his diploma and moved on. We, we, we believe he's not there. No, I personally. Quarterback, Middle Tennessee. No, Dave, I personally walked him across the stage. Because <laughs> I, I was like, every time we did Middle, it's like, he's still there? I think he finally walked across the stage with you to get his diploma and departed Murfreesboro usually, somewhere. Usually when I have a name to my pain, it comes from <laughs> Middle Tennessee. Um, we are going to go back to the phones, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Uh, Gabriel, tell me who we have again. Ron, go ahead. You are on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Uh, yes, I'm calling from Florida. Um, yes, sir. Been here for 10 years. I was a season ticket holder for 40-plus years before moving to Florida. Guys were in trouble. I mean, um, we had uh, a couple weeks to get ready for this game. We were so out of position. Um, it, was, it was just... Uh, a bad thing to see. I mean, um, defensive backs were talking to each other. They were upset. We were playing the receivers off the ball, I mean, off the line of scrimmage. Uh, all the quarterback had to do was turn and throw the ball to get hit 10 yards. Um, the reason we get pushed around, our defensive line for the last few years, uh, are giving up 25, 30, 40 pounds per man uh, on the line of scrimmage. Yes, we're quick, but we can get pushed around pretty easily. And we get pushed around, our linebackers cannot make the tackles. So uh, we've got a lot to do. I mean, uh, I think we're in trouble. I mean, uh, bar none. Uh, uh, poor execution, heck, we weren't ready to play. I mean, it just uh, it was it was terrible. I think we're in trouble. I really do. I really do. Thanks, guys. Think, uh, you have a good day. You're welcome. He's, he's concerned. He's calling from Florida. He's concerned. He's concerned. More than the weather. Yeah. <laughs> now, there is, a, there is a good point to be made about communication. And carry on the rail. When we talked to him earlier, I asked him how he graded the film. Listen very closely to what carry on the rail has to say. We ain't really played too bad on defense. Besides, like, five or six plays that we want to have back, like, uh, I feel like the communication wasn't, like, like how it was, like, how it was supposed to be. That's why we had a lot of big plays. But far as, like, assignment-wise, like, we didn't really mess up on assignments. Like, we just had plays where we could have communicated this and got the linebackers to line up in this gap or had the D-line lining up in, in that gap or even, like, more communication in the back end. Like, communication is what kept us Saturday, not – anything like any play calls anything so he feels the x's and o's were there they just didn't communicate well to execute 
you made that point two or three times. The backs on the second were looking at each other like, you got him, no, you got him, and it makes you wonder, has anybody got him? Yeah. And, and, and you have two weeks to prepare. You can't do that. You can't do that. Cincinnati also had two weeks to prepare as well. Yes. Everybody had two weeks to prepare. <laughs> I mean, that's and Cincinnati a, did a pretty good job. Yeah, that's fair to say. <laughs> I mean, they're a pretty good team. The team, when they were being evaluated by Marshall, they're like, throw that Ohio State film out. That's a good team, though. They acknowledge that. Of course, players aren't going to come out and say that's a terrible team. Yeah. You're never going to hear that. But on that communication note, I had a follow up to Kerry Morell. I just want to know, hey, how do you improve communication? Yeah, it started in practice. Uh, it's really it started this morning, like just talking about what we could have did and what we should have did, and it started tonight. Like once we practice, like we gonna over communicate, over communicate everything. So now they're gonna have to learn how to over communicate. I would well, rather do that than the other part. You under communicate, so you gotta over communicate. <laughs> gotta <laughs> fix it some way. Gotta compensate. You gotta compensate. Yes. Okay, so the Cincinnati game is gonna haunt people for a while. Fans are going to – it's going to keep with the fans for a long time. Now, for football players, it can't keep. you got to forget this thing. And, um, Gabriel, this is cut five back at the station. Cut five. Uh, I asked Isaiah Green, how do you keep this game from beating you twice? Oh, uh, well, you know, our, our strength coach said it best yesterday while we was working out. You know, he said we can't allow Cincinnati to beat us twice, especially with – the goal that we set before the season still being right at our fingertips, you know, that's bigger than losing to Cincinnati. So if we want to win the championship, we got to, you know, put that behind us and lock in more than we ever have before and focus on winning these conference games. This is the focus now. Cincinnati is behind them. Conference. Every week's a championship game, right? That's what Doc says and yep. he tells these players. Every week's championship game and conference. Yeah, you got to go 1 and 0 each week. You've right. heard it so much, you know it well. <laughs> yes. You can recite one it. 1 and 0. 1 and 0 each week. <laughs> Middle Tennessee is all they're worried about and it would come 5:30, they can have a lot of things rectified or the guy in Florida could have a coronary because history repeats itself on the wrong side of the ball. So we'll I, see what happens. Hey, look, I hope the guy in Florida does hope, not have a coronary. No, I, I I wish him nothing but long life and health. Alex Millette, same question, asked him, hey, how does this game, how, how important is this game? How do you keep this Cincinnati loss from beating you twice? Doc does a good job of making sure, I mean, like, after Ohio game, we didn't, we didn't, like, Ohio didn't matter anymore, you know? Like, after the game's over, we always look to the new week. And um, I think, I mean, we had a, the meeting this morning, I think Doc let us know that, you know, it is what it is. Game's over. You know, there's a lot of things we can improve on. But now we got it's conference play. We got to focus on Middle Tennessee. We can't sit here and ball on ourselves pity and just be sad because we lost a game. He's right. They can't. They can't sit there and let this haunt them. They can't stew on it. Fans can. Fans can. And that's fine. That's fair. Fans will be stinging from this one for a while. These kids have got to pick back up and get Middle Tennessee because all of a sudden they win, they beat Middle Tennessee. I'm not saying all is right with the world, but they're on their way. They lose, floodgates open, guys. Yes. It'll be worse next week. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. The number be a part of the program. We're going to wrap it up when we continue with your phone calls here from the Union Pub and Grill. I'm Paul Swan. I've got my special guest, Dave Walsh, and I've got Spencer Dupuis. 
We are here taking your phone calls until the top of the hour on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's our final segment from the Union Pub and Grill. Every Monday we come down to the Union Pub and Grill. We give you an opportunity to take advantage of the Monday special. It's $2 call shots, $1.50 domestic bottles. Monday night football coming up tonight. It's going to be the Steelers and the Bengals. If you can't get down here, you can, of course, listen to it right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I've got my sidekick and compadre, Dave Walsh, the former Young Thundering Herd quarterback, and I've got Spencer Dupuis from 88.1 FM WMUL with us as well. And, of course, you can tune in to 88.1 FM WMUL every home game, minimum home game. You'll have the play-by-play, and you guys are going down to Middle Tennessee. Yeah, we uh, worked it out with our budget this year and had the availability from other staff members. Last year, um, our sports director, we didn't have many people. A lot of people graduated, including former intern Luke Creasy and Adam Rogers. They they were out of the way, so we didn't really have many bodies in there, and we had to be able to put on the other sports before we could put on football. But this year, had a lot of bodies in there, and now we're able to go down and make a trip to Murfreesboro. It'll be a fun experience. Or you look forward to listening to you guys. Yep. Uh, I flip back and forth. I have to tune in to the kids. Uh, I mean, because, you know, obviously, combine me and Dave. Um, <laughs> we're up there. We're up there. <laughs> I think we're 150 years old collectively. <laughs> Dave's carrying most of the age on me. Here. That's why we brought you in here today. Yeah. Kind of balance out the bell curve a little bit here. Yeah, Get us a little it, younger. Bring it down. Her fans are not happy. Today's Monday. Uh, maybe we can see some of them down here later on, take advantage of the Monday specials, try to forget this one. But Hurt uh, fans – and you want that. I know at the end of the day, we're talking football, but if you're a football program, do you want your fans not passionate? I think you want your fans passionate, and that means sometimes they're not going to be happy, and they're not happy. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, having a fashion, a passionate fan base is what college athletics is all about. I mean, you build your whole atmosphere around around that, and ha- especially at Marshall. I mean, it's all it's all about passion and, and everything for Marshall and you, you don't want to see your team not be talked about in a light that's caring. They're caring about it. They're saying we need to do this, this, and this because they care about the program. They want to see it be at the top of like in the like the winningest team in the 90s again. You want, you want to see so, stuff like that. You think this team is unfairly haunted by that? Dave, I'll, I'll ask you first. Do you think that's unfair comparison for what Bob Pruitt did in that era they, to what they, is happening now? They set the bar very high. Uh, uh, you're mentioning that uh, what ha- we watched on Saturday night, they watched the same thing happen on Friday night in Blacksburg. Duke just ran rough shot over Virginia Tech. Their coach is catching all kinds of grief because they had the 20-year reunion of guys played the national title. And they're sitting there going like, Frank Beamer's going, what is going on here? I mean, they just got manhandled, and then the same thing happens here. And there's only one way to rectify that. Middle Tennessee comes up this Saturday, and, and you can slowly start turning the things back in your favor if you go to Murfreesboro and take care of business. If you don't, then there's going to be rumblings times two. The poor guy from Florida was going to be calling us again next week going, we're not in trouble, we're done. We're done. I hope, he- I hope he doesn't do that. I really hope he doesn't do that, but 
there's only there's a group of guys and coaches right now who can fix it. I hope he does call in. Yes. I'll give him that, though. Yes. I want him to call in. I just don't want him to be calling me from a hospital bed in Florida. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm worried about. Yes. Gabriel, did we get his phone number? I want to check in on him next week. We might call him. Yes. Just do a, just do a health check here. Uh, unfortunately, there is a legacy that a lot of people remember. Right. Because we Marshall. Chad, Byron, the guys that raised the bar, and Randy and the guys. And, and, and there's a memory. And you walk in the stadium, there's their picture of everybody. And all of a sudden, um, when you're at two and two, or and and things aren't quite as well, and Cincinnati hands you one, you're going to wait a minute. Would that have happened not that long ago? And you're thinking, no, we don't know because it's different eras. What Chad and Byron did was different from what's going on today. Cincinnati was different from what it was 20 years ago. I mean, they played Miami the other day. They had beaten Miami 14 straight times. Yet Miami still leads the series. So it just shows you how one-sided and crazy things can be. They have something to play for. Cincinnati beat them. They moved on to Marshall and got them. And now they got UCF, and Marshall can fix its hat, wear them proudly if they go to Murfreesboro. It's going to do it for this edition. Spencer Dupuis joining me from 88.1 FM WMUL. Uh, what's your next broadcast so people can tune in? Tomorrow night we have – I was just looking at this two seconds ago. Tomorrow <laughs> night we have, I believe it's women's soccer. Women's soccer at – or men's soccer versus uh, Dayton at 645 is a pregame show on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. All right, Spencer, good talking to you. Thanks for coming by. Dave, always good seeing you. We'll I'll see you Saturday. I'll see you Saturday. We'll be at Roosters when I see you for again. Sure. For okay. Gabriel Seller. No, that's not the time. I'm saying for Gabriel Seller. Yes. We do this all the time. Well, we have fun. We do this all the time, Spencer. For Gabriel Seller, it's back in the studio. Um, that's the reason why we're on the air. This has been The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.